Hi everyone, great to have you listening or watching in today. Uh, this is uh, another interview uh, with a student here, Kway, from Richmond uh, University in the Caribbean. Uh, he's going to be telling us a little bit about his journey uh, and how he's got on at the school and also his process now into uh, applying and registering with the General Medical Council in the UK. Kway, it's uh, great to have you with us. It's good to be here, thank you. Thank you. So tell us, uh, what made you decide on Richmond Medical School? So uh, the decision to go to Richmond came from word of mouth. So um, a friend that I had known in um, secondary school, uh, so she had gone to Richmond and we were just talking one day and she recommended the university to me that it was a good university. I should check it out. And I did my research and a couple of months later, I was on the island studying. Oh, wow. So it was all quite a quick process for you then? Yes, it was a very quick process for me. What was it like uh, actually traveling and getting over there? So um, because it was uh, so quick, uh, I had to find a way to book a flight that would allow me to get from Nigeria to the Caribbean. And um, usually the easier way is to go through the US, the UK or Canada. They were, this time I had to go through a couple of countries like Brazil. There were like um, six different countries that I had to go to. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I guess well, uh... that won't be a problem. Yeah, but, uh, but when after that, I learned that, okay, the best way to just travel is either get a UK visa or US visa. That way I can just go from Nigeria to the UK, from the UK straight to the Caribbean, that way. Uh-huh. So from the UK, it's quite an easy route then straight into the Caribbean? Yes, yes, it is. I guess that's a good lesson on uh, why not to do things last minute. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, fair enough. And when you when you first got there, how did you find it? What did you, uh, what did you think about the place? Yeah, so when I first got there, um, it was much smaller okay so we only had like just one campus there and you know it felt a bit small for me and since okay. it's like a standalone like medical school so um you know coming from places where we come from maybe we're used to universities where there'll be a faculty of engineering a faculty of mathematics yeah and that, but this is medicine okay so it felt a bit small but as time grew like i got to really appreciate why that was an important thing because um that means the student to teacher ratio is actually very good. Okay, that means uh, you have more like intimate relationships with um, each other, first of all, and then uh, you have more close relationships with the staff, the faculty, everybody knows everybody. If you have an issue, you can actually like contact um, you know, people that maybe you might not be able to see had you gone to a much bigger university. So I was really uh, grateful for that. Yeah, similar in the UK, students are used to having these huge universities with 20 different faculties in them and just a small part for, for medicine. So I suppose when you go to one that's specifically developed for medicine, it can seem a bit strange mm -hmm. at first. But yeah, it's another thing that we found uh, to be so important for students is when they have that support uh, with their teachers and with their university on a close level, on a close basis, uh, it can make all the difference. Do you think that helped you a lot throughout your studies? Yes, that helped a lot. You know, it helps to actually like not just be another name or just another student number. Okay, you, are, you actually know like the person that you're talking to and the person actually knows you. 
and yeah, you guys have like an actual relationship and yeah, it helps with the support as well. Fantastic. And what do you find uh, the education structure to be like at the university? Can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. So um, the education structure closely follows like the kind of education structures like it, that they have in the US. Okay. So um, when I was coming in, I had the options of either a five-year uh, medical school or a four-year medical school. So if you have like a previous degree in a relevant field, uh, you could go into the four-year course and then maybe take any other additional course that courses that you need to take to just uh, make it up. Well, I went for the five-year route. So I did a year and four months of pre-med and then uh, four years of uh, medical school. So it's tailored that with the US four-year system. So for the first um, one year, I did basically things like mathematics, uh, chemistry, physics. And then when I got into the four-year program, that's when we started doing uh, the medical school courses. Okay, so, and it was, they say medical school is like drinking um, out of a fire hose. And uh, that's very true for the US and Caribbean systems. Okay, because you have to learn uh, a lot of things in like a short period of time. I think a semester course was four months. So if you were learning uh, anatomy, uh, you had to learn it in uh, four months. And that was quite overwhelming sometimes, but you know, it helps you get on your feet and it helps you, you would have to find a strategy if you want to stay afloat and that'll be helpful in the long run. So that's what it was like for me. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So it's interesting to know that you did the, it's kind of the pre-med pre-med program, isn't it? That you would have done for a, a yes. year and four months. Yes. Can you tell us yes. a bit more about that? What, what was it like? Okay, so um, for the pre-med program, um, I there was a pre-med one to four, okay, and each was four months. So pre-med one was for four months, pre-med two for four months that way, and uh, I just started doing basic um, maths, chemistry, um, biology, okay, and I did that. And but when as you proceed to um, pre-med three. I think the courses change a bit and then you start to do like organic chemistry and then in pre-med four you start to do some like introductory lectures so like some introductory introduction to medical school so introduction to things like drugs and diseases introduction to pharmacology and physiology mm -hmm. so that's what you spend that time just um, building some basic knowledge and then uh, the last two semesters you start to prepare for like the medical school um, uh, future nice okay and, and then going into the medical school then what obviously you've said it's quite intense it's quite tough mm -hmm. as people know with these courses if you're doing four years because uh i mean a lot of other parts of the world they do six years to cover the yeah. same amount so uh what would you say was your kind of strategy to to get through it uh, so when we've got in like it was being like i, I felt like i was thrown in the deep end for a while I wasn't really sure how to study things like I think anatomy was like one of our first semester. And you know, I wasn't really sure how to study about that, what resources to use, and all of that. But I think uh, one thing that I could have done like going back is to actually developing a strategy, okay, finding out, okay, how do I approach uh, these topics so or how do I approach studying in medical school in general? So if you go to the YouTube nowadays, 
you see lots and lots of videos of medical students um, saying, okay, or medical doctors saying that this is how I manage my time. Or this is how I studied for anatomy. This helped me in biochemistry. So that's one thing that um, I should have, I could have done, or if I could go back, that's something I would have done is um, instead of just opening your books and trying to just cram it all in, just develop a strategy, okay? And uh, know that each topic is different. I know we had anatomy and I think physiology and um, was it biostatistics, you know, just trying to, you only have like four months to uh, learn these things. So it would be very good if you just um, develop strategies. There are some books that are better than others in terms of, and there are some resources that are better than others. So invest in the right resources, invest in the right, don't buy all the books, because that's nothing we did. We bought all the books and ended up not reading a lot of them, but <laughs> just know, okay, what's going to actually help you um, study smarter. Yeah, that's the key is to study smarter. That's <laughs> what um, I would have done. Absolutely. And uh, what would you say the university do to support you with your studies? So uh, for what the university can do to support with their studies, I, I feel that like when, as at the time I left, uh, the support system was getting much uh, better than you know, when I had gotten in. Okay, so there was much more involvement in like the students' uh, educational uh, parts. So for example, um, I was a tutor. So we had this program where if you were struggling with any course, you could get like a peer tutor, so like a student that had passed from the class and everything and had some time and then we could organize classes and things like that. And also, I think um, university can also try and introduce students to the resources earlier, okay? So there are things like um, AMBOS, for example, I don't know if you've heard about it, like some kind of question banks or lecturio that they have like um, institutional like discounts. So where mm -hmm. um, the school can purchase the resources for the students. So students will have access to all those sort of things. And it will be at, I think it will be at a discounted price. So introducing the students to what's out there. I think that that will, that will go a long way. That's something that I didn't really um, understand when I was starting out because I didn't, I didn't know what was next. I just knew that, okay, we had classes and I could go home. But the fact that, okay, um, if you wanted to um, study, okay, there are some resources you could use if you wanted to plan out your career and things like that. So introducing all those concepts to the students so that they know that, okay, medical school, because medical school is basically just focused on coming, learning the medicine, going back home. But there are other aspects like planning your career and like your decision making, all those sort of things, I feel like should do more or more medical schools should do to introduce their students to so that we don't uh, start learning a lot of things when it's too late yeah that's an interesting point to bring up because uh, a lot of people think just to focus on one thing but sometimes you've mm -hmm. got to start focusing on the next steps as well yeah and did, did you get much support on what you were going to do next with uh, obviously registering in the uk uh, yes, yes, I got a lot of support. You know, I was emailing back and forth because you have to do a lot of emailing, okay? Because um, there's different organizations. There's the PLAB uh, help desk. There's the um, GMC. There's the United Kingdom Foundation Program Office. 
and you know, you're always communicating with them. They're sending you documents. You have to send documents to the school faculty. So it was very helpful to actually have like a responsive uh, faculty that if I wanted to um, talk to the registrar, I could set up a meeting. If I sent an email uh, to the Dean of Student Affairs, I would have my emails replied back and whatever documents that I needed, I could get them in time because um, the, for the uh, UK, there are a lot of timelines that you have to meet, okay? So it was very important that I was able to get all my documents, any documentation that I was asked, I was able to get it within the time frame. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And uh, so the university were always working then to make sure you had everything. That's good for them that, uh, that they're doing that even after you finish the degree. It shows that they really care that you can go and register somewhere like the UK. Yes, yes. Even as of last week, I, I'm still, uh, we're still working together for setting documentations. Fantastic. And we'll, I'm looking forward to talking a little bit more about that in a, a little while and, and obviously going through the, the PLAB tests and, and those kind of aspects as well. Um, what I want to ask first of all, well, a couple of things actually. Uh, the first one is what was life like over there? Can you tell us a little bit about the island? Okay, so um, the islands, so all the Caribbean islands, except Jamaica or Trinidad, so all of them are pretty much small islands. Okay, so you have like a population of 100,000 people or so, you know, and uh, life there is a bit more slow paced, which is um, very good if you're a student, right? So it's a bit uh, more slow paced and um, everything is that you need is close by. So you don't have to travel long distances for anything, except maybe you just want to take a tour, you know? And um, so it's very conducive. It was very conducive for me um, as a student, especially coming from a place from Nigeria where it's like very big, you know, to have that small place that where it was just like a microcosm, like everything that I needed. If I needed a shop, it was there. If I needed to go to the beach, the beach was 15 minutes away. If I needed to go to a bar, the bar was 10 minutes away from my house. And if I needed to go to school, school was just 10 to 15 minutes away. So all those things were really um, helpful for me. I can imagine, yeah, as a student, that's exactly what you want, isn't it? The less time yeah, you have yeah. to spend messing around, the more time you've got to study and, and relax when you need to as well. Yes, it feels like it feels like a small, it feels like a campus with beaches. That's how <laughs> I would describe it. A campus with a beach, that's nice. Yeah. And uh, what kind of things would you get up to in, in your spare time there? Any kind of hobbies or sports? Yeah, so um, it depends on your interests. So for me, like I used to go to the beach a lot to go swimming. Okay. And then uh, go to the gym. You know, but other people play all sorts of sports. Like they are, if you want to play basketball, you know, there are people who play basketball. There are people who play football. You know, so there's lots of um, hobbies to do. If you're someone that is interested in nightlife, then okay, the weekends are nightlife and weekends is always like very lively. So there's lots of things to do. Yeah, because obviously you've said it's quite kind of a slower pace and quite relaxing. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of students, they'll worry because a lot of them want to have a social life and they want to be able to yeah. study hard, but also play hard and, and enjoy their time there. Would mm -hmm. you say that's possible there? Yeah, that's possible. As possible, and it's even possible to overdo it. In fact, you know, because um, it's a very like, and when it comes to social socializing, 
uh, even though like the life there is slow paced, but like the social scene is actually um, very lively. Okay, mm-hmm. so it depends uh, if you want to, and there are other medical schools um, on the island. So you can meet students from all those schools and things like that. You can meet, um, the, you can meet just um, the locals. So yeah, there's a lot of opportunities for socializing. All right, fantastic. Did you ever do any uh, studying on the beach? Uh, no, no, I didn't do <laughs> Not studying. for you? I've heard this from a few people that they've studied on the beach, but it didn't work yeah, for you. Yeah, I didn't work for me. <laughs> Too distracting. Yeah, too distracting. You know, you can always hear. I mean, it's it's relaxing. It's calming to hear like the ocean in the background and things like that. But I didn't find that I, I found that very useful. <laughs> oh, it's different for everyone, isn't it? And um, what uh, the other thing I wanted to ask is, what did you do for your clinical years? Okay, so for my clinical years, uh, so right now, um, it's. For clinical years right now, students yeah go to um, the hospitals. We have, we have hospitals in Jamaica and um, the US. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, in some conversations, I think I heard that they were looking to open up hospitals in the UK as well. Yeah. So that's what most students do. They go to um, Jamaica, where there's a teaching hospital, and uh, and then they either go to the US. But when I was a student there, in going for my first um, clinicals there was an option to do it on the island okay so i did um, part of my clinicals like on the hospital on the island there itself okay nice and how did you find that yeah it was it was fine it was fine it was it was very um hands-on mm-hmm. okay and um, so we had to do like some core rotations and then some electives so core rotations are like rotations that Everybody has to do them. They are compulsory. So things like medicine, surgery, peds, psych, OBGYN, family medicine. So those ones are compulsory. Everybody has to do them. And then there are electives. So electives are in like more specialized branches where if you have an interest in any area of medicine and then you want to just try it out for a month, uh, you can do the you can do that. So I did the things like radiology, pathology, just to get experiences in those fields. Fantastic. Was there one for you that was a particular favorite? Uh, I think I enjoy radiology the most. Okay. What What did you like about it? Uh, I like just how intellectual it was. You know, it you don't tend to really radiology is a field that you don't tend to really appreciate in medical school like that. People mm-hmm. just think, oh, it's just reading images and things like that. So when uh, I was with my consultant and she'd asked me that, to describe what I'm seeing. And I'm telling her, okay, I see this, I see that. And she's asking me why, why? You know, and I'm always having to justify you know, what I'm saying. And I'm not just laying that, okay, it's not actually just to see something and say, oh, I see this. You have to actually know, okay, what could that be? Why do you think that's what that is? And you always have to be able to justify every decision that you make. So I think I was very interested to see that aspect of it. Fantastic. It sounds like the clinical aspects of the degree are, are very interactive, very engaging. Yes, yes, yes. Very. That's something uh, that we've seen with other schools before is the problem with some of them is the rotations. I mean, even in the UK, they see it a little bit where sometimes you can just kind of be sat at the back of the room and you just watch things from afar. Um, But it's obviously a lot better to be hands on and and get that real clinical experience. Yes. 
there's no there's i don't think there's no way you could actually be in like um in a rotation especially in the caribbean america and with our own richmond gaber university you, you don't really have that option of just being in the background like that so even speaking to my friends that are doing some clinicals in jamaica so in terms of surgeries they have to scrub in okay and um, so they, you, you're always on your toes because you always have to be doing tasks. Okay, you always have to be reading. You have to, so it's like, you have to be walking basically as a student. So <laughs> that option of just being in the back, that's not really, doesn't really exist. You're, you're going to be on your toes and you're going to be hands-on. That's, that's good that's though, isn't it? That's what you yeah, what people need, they need to be pushed. Yeah, that's very good. Great. and. Uh... What would you say uh, the process was like, your rotations, how did they prepare you for the registration in the UK? Do you feel like you were well prepared for, for coming into the UK? Uh, yes, yes. I feel like I, I was well prepared for that. So um, especially in like the clinical aspects, uh, knowing um, it helped because I had to write like a lot of exams, like clinical exams. Okay, and it helps that, okay, I've, these are things that I've seen before. These are conditions that I've been part of the management before. I've seen on world rounds and everything. So, you know, it helped me to really study. Okay. And uh, the hands-on aspects also helps as well. You know, and talking to patients because you have to do a lot of like talking and interacting with patients. And especially in the PLAB 2 exams where you have to go around talking to patients, taking history, clerking, doing procedures and things like that. So that's um, introduction to medicine, that's taking the histories, physical examinations. Uh, that was something that was heavily stressed on doing procedures after ward rounds. That was something that was very heavily stressed on when I was in uh, clinicals and that really helped me a lot. Fantastic. Oh, it's good that you you got everything that you needed for that. And talking a bit more about that, how how was the initial process with the GMC to register from your school? Okay, so with the um, Caribbean schools, Richmond, Gabriel University, I found that like there were some exceptions that we had that like other schools wouldn't really have. So one of them was, for example, I didn't have to take any English language tests. Mm -hmm. You know, because I heard that people have to take IELTS or OET. Even if you studied in a school in Nigeria where everybody speaks English, probably the medical education in English, you and you grew up speaking English, you still have to take IELTS or yeah, OET. it's actually hard. It's really hard for a school to get an exception from that. Yeah, yeah, but just because um the Caribbean, it's an English speaking, it's an English speaking world, so I didn't have to take any of those English uh, exams. Okay, and also the fact that I've already said that since it was a smaller uh, university, anything I needed, I was able to just either call the school office, speak to either the registrar, the student dean, and they were able to sort it out uh, as soon as possible. I could imagine that would have been much harder had I been in like a bigger university where there were hundreds of requests to deal with uh, every day. Of course, yeah. So, yes. So the eligibility period, I think it ran for like two weeks and just a couple of us were able to get our eligibility in that, in that um, two week period. So it was actually very um, quick. Mm -hmm. Oh, fantastic. And uh, so initially, obviously you submit your transcripts and your forms and everything. 
Uh, I'm guessing they, they approved that all and then you were invited to sit the PLAB test. Yes, yes. Okay, so PLAB 1 first of all, was it? Um, PLAB 1, I would say uh, the thing with having to go to the Caribbean is that because of the way our exams are structured, okay, so we use things called the NBME, which is like the National Board of Medical Examinations. And it's like um, the same body that sets the USMLE, so the United States Medical Licensing Examinations. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you are already used to dealing with some incredibly difficult exams. Yeah. Okay, so you have to pass like a USMLE step one equivalent mm -hmm. before you could go into clinicals, and you have to pass the USMLE step two equivalent before you can actually qualify. Mm -hmm. So I found that um, when I was studying for PLAB, it was kind of like a walk in the park. So I basically had two months to study. Uh, the first day of the two months, I opened um, the, the resource I used. I opened it up. Uh, I did a few questions and I was like, ah, this is so easy. I just closed it and I didn't go back for it for like a month. Oh, wow. so, it was just, <laughs> yeah. so it was just a month before my exam. I was like, okay, just finish the question bank and I was able to just sit down, finish the question bank. And, you know, I went and wrote it, but it was very easy and it felt like child's play compared to what I have had to deal with like at school. Yeah. And that's good. That's what you want, isn't it? You want to go to a school yes. that is actually going to push you to that limit so that when you're trying to register as a doctor, it's uh, an easy pathway for you. Yes, yes, yes. It also helps even with um, the Nigerian students, the students that chose to do um, the Nigerian exams, Nigerian license exams. I think they did it a day before yesterday. So they did it Thursday and the results came out yesterday. And all my friends that went to Richmond, they all passed still. So it's something that will prepare you because you're going to have to study basically. And you're going to have to study hard and you're going to have to know a lot of stuff and it's, it's, it's going to be tougher than a lot of what you see outside uh, the school environment. The exams you write in school are going to be tougher than a lot of what you see outside the school environment. Yeah, I think that's the best way, isn't it? You want to have the hardest time while you're in school, while you're in that supportive environment compared to trying to figure it out by yourself afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Nice. And uh, so then obviously once you completed uh, the first part, then it was on to the second. Can you tell us a bit more about that? So for, okay, before PLAB 2, there was the um, the SJT that we had to write. Okay, so we did that one. And then for the PLAB 2, I, I assume that's what you're asking, right? The second part, PLAB 2. Yes, yeah, yeah. Or talk, talk yeah. us through the general process, any kind of highlights for you really, just to give people a good insight. Okay, so let me just uh, say this according to what on, I can remember from the timeline. So for the timeline, uh, I had to write uh, PLAB 1 by November 3rd. Okay, so when I wrote that, it took six weeks for the results to come out. It came out, I passed. So now I had to proceed for the um, SJT because the SJT used to add, uh, used to contribute to like uh, your, your decile score or your EPM score. Uh, in general, uh, but I think they no longer do that for the year 2024. Yeah, okay. right. Yeah, so I did the SJT. There were two sittings, December, January, I did January. And then I had to do PLAB 2 um, by uh, 
May 31st. So here's where it got a bit tricky and it got a bit like anxiety inducing because after PLAB1 and SJT, um, SJT gave us a score from between 40, 40 to 50 thereabouts. So you add it to your like your decile score and then you get an EPM score. So basically that EPM score will determine how competitive you are and mm -hmm. where you, which deanery you can go to. So London, Scotland, things like that. So by, um, I think February, we were expected to rank all our deaneries based on, okay, we have our SJT scores and things like that. So we ranked our deaneries and we can now see, okay, by March, it was released, okay, you're going to London, you're going to Kensery, Sussex, you're going to Scotland. And then later on, you have to rank um, your hospitals and your jobs. So basically you've gotten a job per se Okay, you've gotten assigned to a hospital, but I had gotten assigned to a hospital in March, but I had not written PLAB 2. So it was basically like a conditional offer of employment. So I had mm -hmm. to get the PLAB 2 out of the way. So that's why PLAB 2 seemed very high stakes for me. Yeah. So I had, yeah, just to make sure you have to get it out of the way. And I didn't use like an academy, the way people use an academy. People go to uh, the UK for two weeks to do an academy. And I decided that, okay, that was very expensive. It was like 600 pounds. And I was like, I guess I should just study on my own or do an online academy. And so I did an online uh, academy. And at the end of the day, it was sufficient. You know, my results came out last month and showed that, okay, I had passed lab two. And now I can go on to um, apply for GMC registration. And uh, since I'm Nigerian, I also had to apply for a um, skilled worker visa. So that's the process I'm on right now. Okay, and you're hoping to get that all wrapped up, what, this month? Uh, yeah, because uh, there's a shadowing period that starts on the 26th, from 26th of July. So I'm hoping that by this, into this week that's coming, I should be able to wrap up with the um, work, skilled worker visa and then just travel to the UK for, and to begin my shadowing period and then work officially starts on the 2nd of August. Fantastic. Well, congratulations for going through it all. Whole tough process. You. I bet you're pretty excited now. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty excited. You know, because it was, um, I didn't initially plan to go to the UK. So I had decided that I was going to go to the US first of all. So I had written my USMLE step one and everything, but Along the line, I just told myself that, okay, why not just switch over to the UK? So I decided to switch over from the USMLEs to PLAB. And, you know, I'm just glad it paid off. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. It's great to hear that you, because of what you'd done before, it made it so much easier for you to go through the whole process. Did you find that yeah. for the PLAB too as well, the, the clinical skills? Do you think it was quite straightforward for you? So for the PLAB 2, PLAB 2 is, was, I found it to be much more difficult than PLAB 1, not because the content was harder, okay? It's just that it was much more vague, okay? okay. So I had to be going a lot to the GMC website to read, okay, what do you people actually expect from me? Mm -hmm. You understand? And what I found that was helpful for me in um, PLAB 2 was the fact that since I had come from a school where we spoke English, the locals spoke English, the patients spoke English. So when I was communicating with um, patients, it was always in English. And there was an emphasis on history taking 
okay? And they were like, history taking like that. So I had to do a lot of practice with students, with um, doctors from Nigeria as well, I and mean, people that were um, much more qualified than me in terms of the average. They already had a, a license, they were already practicing and things like that. But I could see that, okay, they struggle in certain aspects that I, I didn't really struggle with or none of my Caribbean friends struggled with because that communication, communicating with patients in English has been like a part of our um, assessments ever since we were in medical school. So it was, that part was easy. So the harder part was trying to figure out, okay, UK culture, okay, what exactly about, what exactly is specific to the UK that I need to learn how to do? So those cultural contexts were the things that, um, I think learning things like, I didn't know what 999 was, for example, Okay, mm -hmm. and I had to learn what 999 was and things like that. So those are the things that were uh, a bit tricky. But yeah. yeah, but now that we have, because we used to just focus on the US before, but now that we are branching out into the UK, like there's a way we were able to incorporate these things into like studying so that at least for medical school, you have an idea of, okay, this is what UK medical schools are like. This is what the exams would expect of me. So I hope to see more of that. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So do you think for people that are going to do their rotations in the UK, I suppose that won't really be much of an issue, will it? No, it wouldn't be. Obviously, they'll get that, that core experience that's necessary to understand the cultural differences between them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm glad you overcame that. What, uh, what sort of uh, advice would you give to students who are thinking about applying now to Richmond? So the advice I'll give them is just, you know, I know we already talk about the dangers of doing things last minute, okay, like I did, but the advice I'll give is just, just do it, okay? Um, take time, do your research, okay? Uh, learn how uh, the process, process works, okay? You can go on, if you want to go on YouTube, find other um, accounts of uh, other uh, Caribbean students, but most, they will most likely be US uh, American students, okay? But they can also give like an insight, okay, of what is it like to study in the Caribbean, okay? But at the end of the day, it's something that, you know, I did with no regrets. And uh, I feel like it prepared me much better than uh, I would have been prepared had I gone to somewhere else. Cause I didn't plan to go to the Caribbean originally. I planned to go somewhere in Europe and I was looking at schools in Europe and I don't think that I would have been as prepared as I am now had I gone to um, maybe somewhere in the, uh, in Europe, to be honest. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely quite a different program, isn't it? They definitely yeah. fill a lot more in with the, the Caribbean programs, it seems. Yeah, yeah. And you have to do a lot of, like, self, it's a very self-motivated program. That's nothing that you have to um, watch out for. Because I remember complaining to a friend of mine when we were in clinic, I was like, oh, it felt like ah, I was doing a lot of things on my own. And he just basically told me that, okay, like, uh, that's just how it is here. Yeah, he told me that this is how the system is, that you have to be able to motivate yourself, okay? But like I already said before, I didn't know how, I didn't know that, that there were resources that could make that self-motivation easy for me. So I keep coming back to YouTube because that was a very important um, uh, medium for me, like seeing other people talk about their experiences, how they did this, how they did that. If, it, if it's like, I don't know if UK medical students, if they know about things like Anki, you understand? So 
a lot mm -hmm. of space repetition, studying tools, all those things really, really helped me organize myself. And you know, I'm glad I came across all of that. Yeah, definitely. These resources nowadays can make such a huge amount of difference. So uh, that's uh, definitely something. But I think as long as you've got that sort of core support from your university, that's uh, one of the most important things, isn't it? Yeah, yes, yes. That's that's very important. That's very important. I mean, there's times where if I had uh, difficulty with a topic or a subject, I can remember like I, I would just go to like the office of the professor that I was teaching and you know, we could talk about, okay, what's giving you problems? Have you tried this? Have you tried that? You know, a couple of, uh, of courses where I had difficulties, I have to just go to the professors directly. So that was helpful too. Yeah, it's good. It's so good to have schools like this because there are, like you said, those much bigger schools uh, that won't have the same kind of help available for students. What uh, yeah. are there any other things that you would say that uh, are quite unique kind of benefits about Richmond compared to other schools? Okay, so we've already talked about um, basically that you would have to study, I think, harder than most other schools, to be honest. Um, we've talked about the class sizes are smaller, the school is smaller. Yeah, I think we've covered, uh, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, maybe I'm missing some, but I think, yeah. Okay, I've put you on the spot, but yeah, you're right. It's uh, it's good to know that people have an option like this where, yes, it's a, a school that's going to work you in a very tough way and you're going to have to cover a lot, but at the same time, it's going to make your steps into a career much easier because that's what people yes. want at the end of the day. Uh, nobody wants easy medical school. They want hard medical school, which means easier to become a doctor. Yeah, yeah. And you, it's just good to know, having that confidence that you can survive anything that will be thrown your way. Okay, that, okay, I've been in a tough, tough situations before and, you know, I'm, I can survive like anything that they throw my way. So I have that confidence in myself that, okay, uh, whatever I see in the UK, I'll be able to handle it. Yeah, and that that's exactly the position you want to be in, isn't it? And you've proven that it's very possible as well from this school going through uh, Plab 1, Plab 2, no issues. Um, yeah. yeah, so fantastic. Hats off to you for doing it. And thank you as well for, for everything that you've shared with us today. Is there anything else that, that you'd want to share with, with people listening? Yeah, so I feel like I've already said a lot of what I wanted to say. Okay, well, I can, if I can just reinforce some points that I already made. Yeah, so, please do. Yeah, so plan out what you want to do. Okay, to change your plans. Basically, me, I changed my plans. I was writing USMLEs. I'd already written the USMLE part on. I decided, okay, I have a different plan now. But it's much easier when you have a plan. Because I can remember this time, I can remember uh, late last, year 2022 where a couple of us were on our emergency medicine rotation a and e and we're all just talking about the different things that we wanted to do who wanted to go um uh, to the uk who wanted to go teach who wanted to go to nigeria and you know and i just found that it was very important that um i feel like medical school doesn't always prepare you for that like the career aspect of it so I, just knowing like the structure of what I had to do was very important in my decision making. So I knew that as at July, I have to do this. At August, I have to do this. And 
you know, just knowing the steps beyond knowing the physiology, knowing the pathology, also knowing the steps that you will have to take to progress. You know, that's also very important. Don't let it take you by surprise. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, it's always uh, so important, essential to be so well prepared for every mm -hmm. step in the process, especially when you're putting so much academic work in, it would be a shame yeah. to then not be prepared. Now, of course, we ask ourselves, we do support all of our students with this. Uh, so they do have that extra helping hand. And obviously, as you said, you've had a lot of support from the school. So as long as yeah, you have enough uh, self discipline, then it's very, very much possible. But yeah, yeah. Kway, thank you so much for joining us. I hope we get to hear more about your journey uh, into working in the UK and FY1 and everything else in the future. And yeah, thanks again. It's It's been a pleasure speaking with you about your experience today. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure to share my experiences. Thank you.